Uh, have you been thankful for Daniel Reimer and the band?
That excitement that you have to get your license and be able to drive yourself somewhere and not have to rely on your parents, take that intense desire and put it towards your spiritual life. Get behind the wheel of your life in Christ, which is powered by the godly universe, and put the pedal to the ground. Write this verse down, 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. 1 Timothy 4, 12 says this, Let no one despise your youth, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Let no one despise your youth. Have you heard that verse? So I'm going to it's what? Very good. It's fantastic. So it'll stick with you. It says, let no one despise your youth. And I think we use that oftentimes to think about other people and how they're going to treat you. Can I just ask you not to despise your own youth? It includes you. I know you want the job, you want the money, you want the freedom to do what you want. Give me those kind of privileges. But when it comes to your spiritual responsibilities, the call to step up, take on hard tasks, really care for others, engage in ministry, be a light for Christ in this world, then you say, I'm just a kid. Or maybe, maybe you say, I'll let the, those more churchy people take care of all that big stuff. The life Christ offers you, the life Morgan has been presenting and putting in front of us all weekend long, is the only true life. It is not found by being really smart or popular. It is found in a total surrender to Jesus Christ and his purposes for you. He's the king. He's your ruler. And everything that he said in the pages of his scriptures is what you want for your life. And you gotta go after it. It's not lived out by watching from the sidelines or passively waiting to see what your friends are gonna do before you make that move. No, you've surrendered your life to the king of the universe. His purposes are clear in the scriptures. We talked about it all weekend. You know what to do. Go. Live it out. Every single one of you are in an age range right now that our culture, sometimes unintentionally and other times very intentionally, encourages the stunting of your progression as a human being. You may not even pick up on it. Listen, this is the time in your life when you're establishing habits that are going to set the trajectory of your life either toward Christ or away from Him. And you've got options. It's unlimited. Thank you, the World Wide Web. You are exposed to many options of things that you can sink your teeth into. Gods that you can worship. Lifestyles. Role models. Stuff that you can be passionate about. It's all out there for you. And it looks good. 
Only Jesus offers the abundant, purposeful life that you're really looking for. Maybe you discovered that for the first time this weekend. And I hope you can hold on to that thought. Get your Bible in hand. Have your eyes fixed on Christ. And go. I want to take you to one of my favorite passages. And then I'm going to give you some practical stuff. And then we'll be done. This is Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 4. Are you listening? Listen to Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. The author says this. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Last verse. For consider him who has endured such hostility, that's Jesus, such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right before this in Hebrews, you have a list of people who lived in Bible times, who lived by faith and trusted in God, and they went through the world's hardest trials, and their faith stood firm. And this verse right here in chapter 12 is the author saying, in light of this giant crowd of people who have gone before you, all the generations that have passed before you, my generation, behind you, looking ahead, with this giant cloud of believers who have taken the word of God, stood firm in their faith, kept their eyes fixed on Jesus, and ran the race, in light of all these people behind you, this generation... It's time for you to run. You must be dependent on the one who is the author and perfecter of your faith. And that's what the verse says, fixing our eyes on him. Just like Jesus says in the, in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew, what does he say as an encouragement after he says, go, make disciples, baptize them, have them come under all of my teaching. What does he say? Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's going to be with you. It's the only way that you can make it. So in light of that, run. So what does grown-up Christianity look like? I want to get as practical as we can before we walk out of here. What are the big leagues of the Christian life? How do you step up and be at the front of the crowd? Leading the way to Christ-centered living. I'm going to encourage you to run hard in five ways. The first one is run hard toward Christ. It's just what that verse said. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. You've heard it all weekend. There's nothing and no one more precious and worthy of our whole life worship than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is supreme. And when our lives are connected to him, we have all the purpose that we were created. If you're still holding God at arm's length, 
I know I'm talking to a specific handful of you. If you're still holding God at arm's length, still resistant, I'm going to say it again. Repent. Repent. Believe in the Lord Jesus. You're desperate for him and you don't even know it. God doesn't only live at camp, okay? That's the other thing. When you go from here, God works in our hearts because God is at work on this earth right now, very patient with all of us, longing for you to bow the knee. So get your Bible, get with the people around you who love Christ and love you, and run to him. Figure out what you believe about the God who made you. There is nothing more important to you. He stands ready to save you. If you're walking with Christ, and maybe the Lord ignited your heart for him for the first time this weekend, if you're walking with him, let's go! Let's go! It's time! It's the most exciting time in your life. Get into your Bible. Seek him in prayer. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Christians, followers of Jesus, those whose hearts have been transformed, when you leave camp, I want you to get one little thing. That's a horrible way of saying this. Get, get one conviction, one area of your life that you know needs to be corrected and brought into line with God's heart and his word. Take one thing. Don't try to accomplish all the stuff that you want to do in your Christian life all this coming week. Take one thing. You can only handle so much. Trust me. Okay? And after the next few weeks, as you seek to apply God's word, and you seek to kill that sin and deal with whatever that issue that you have on your mind right now, another few weeks, and start praying about the next thing that you want to take on. That's my encouragement. Second thing, run hard in your home. Blow your parents away with a heart of service towards them. Blow them away with a willingness to communicate and be honest with them. If your parents are believers, grow with them. Learn from them. Let them in as you grow. Okay, you get home. Bless you. You get home. Somewhere along the way, maybe it's even on the drive home. You've heard us say this before, so I'm just like a broken record. Your parents say, how's camp? What are you going to say? Haley? Come on. What are you going to say? I'll tell you what you're not going to say. What are you not going to say? Camp was good. Pick your boring. Oh, oh you're not going to say it's boring. I thought, oh, that hurts, bro. You're not going to say camp. Thank you. I appreciate the comment. You're not going to say camp was good. That's, that's what's easy to say, right? There's so much the Lord did in your heart at camp. Don't say camp was good. Have a plan. Even if you need to write it down on the bus ride home. Okay? But don't look down too much because I don't want everybody sick. 
Um, but write it down, think through it, put it into your phone, have a few bullets ready to say, well, there was this one session and it really hit me hard. And here's what I want to do in response to God's word. Share it with them. Okay. Um, third thing. Run hard in your church. And what I mean by this is big church, or at least that's how we refer to it in our church, right? It's where you go with your family or you go with the other adults. I, I want you to embrace a biblical perspective on the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, and you can look at it later, that when God saves you, he baptizes you into the body of Christ. Translation, he immerses you into the family of God. And the body of Christ is a living organism. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 tells us. Where we're all gifted in different ways. So when you get saved, you get brought into this living organism and you are now a crucial part of that body. You can't neglect your church family. You're crucial. You go away from there, they hurt. And you hurt. You've got to be in the body of Christ embracing all that's there. Both for you to be served and blessed and brought near to the Lord, and also to bless and serve others. So what does that look like? Make a priority of going. That's one big thing. Go to church with your parents or with whoever else is there. Even if you're on your own and, and your parents don't walk with Christ and don't come to church, you find a ride. Get there and come to big church. Get under the teaching of God's word. Sing praises alongside of other people, of people of all ages. Stick around for fellowship. Try talking to adults in your congregation about how they've grown in Christ and what you're learning. So many things I could say on that. What are we on? Four? Three? Four. Three. Four? Four. It is four. Run hard toward Christ. Run hard in your home. Run hard in your church, we just said. Number four, run hard in the world. Without a doubt, your peers who don't know Christ do not have the same value system as you. If Christ is your king, there's an entirely different perspective. And if you just came to Christ, that's going to change over time. It'll grow and, and develop. But mark my words, as you grow deeper in, in Christ, the people around you, though you need to love them, hear me out, you need to love the people around you who don't know Christ. But the people around you who don't know Christ, they are going in a different direction. And I hope you have a heart for them to point them towards Jesus, but in the meantime, know that your value system is different than theirs, and you've got to be ready to be okay with it. So just get comfy with being like one of those salmons swimming up the stream and all everybody's going this way and you're just uh, trying to get through. Because you're going a different direction if their king is not Christ. And then the last one, and hopefully this kind of gets us right to where we are, where we live in youth ministry. Run hard in your youth group. If you have, up to this point, thought about your youth group as a place you attend, an event run by others, an option for you to participate when it works for you, please stop. 
please stop thinking that way. We're desperate. In our, in our youth group, in our youth ministries at FBC, we are desperate for our students, particularly the ones who come to Christ and are following Him, to own that ministry. It's yours to get a hold of. We've got something called serving staff. It's been one of the most encouraging things to me over this last year. Students saying, I want to serve in whatever capacity I can. They get given jobs on Wednesday night and even Sunday morning and other times in the week. They have responsibility to carry out the ongoings of our ministry. If you're not engaged in that way and you're walking with Christ, you need to be. It doesn't have to be that you have to be on serving staff. I'm just talking about normal Christianity looks like you taking the ministry at your church where you attend and you come under God's word and you going, this is my ministry. Okay? So we're going to say this together. My youth group. One, two, three. My youth group. I want you to own it. It's yours. Take and run with it. Now don't run it into the ground. Get help from the leaders. Okay? But it's yours. Own it. And I'm talking to sixth graders. Where are they? Give me a raise of hands. Come on, give it up for the sixth graders. And I'm talking to the freshmen. Give it up for the freshmen. Okay. Because, man, the seniors, they're old. They're leaving soon. They're out of here. We're not going to have them. I'm talking to the seniors, too. What's the legacy, seniors, that you leave behind in youth group? Or even 8th graders in junior high. What's the legacy that you leave behind when those 6th graders look up, when those freshmen look up? What are they seeing in terms of, I really want to be like them. When I get there, I, I want to be a leader. Are they seeing you own the ministry and own your relationship with Christ and be that bright, shining light? What kind of example are you saying? And then I would say, if I can just for a moment, seniors, you all are headed into the most exciting period of your lives. College is a crazy time. And boy, you need your convictions to be firm. So get ready to plug into a college ministry. Whether it's at home with your church, or if you're off for college, find a church there. But get plugged into the body of Christ, because remember, you're a part of this living organism, and you need to embrace all the ways that that church life, by God's grace, through Jesus, brings you blessing and helps you to grow as you walk through this life. And then, how you need to serve others and be a light. And I think that's the biggest thing that at the end of a conversation like this that we sometimes leave out. But when we're in Christ, God has made us as a shining light to be evangelists for Him. And I don't mean standing on a box on a street corner, necessarily. And I don't mean rapping on people's doors and saying, hey, can I tell you how to know Jesus? Maybe you will do that. That's exciting. But what I'm saying is, is when you get brought into the family of God, you now are automatically a part of his plan to see to it that the others on this dark and dying planet know Jesus Christ. So will you be brave if you're in Christ to stand firm and be that bright, shining light and be ready, as 1 Peter says, to give an account for the hope that's in you when people ask? And when you see your friends who are going different directions and you think, man, I was there. They're just headed down a horrible path. Will you run after them, chase them down, and point them to Jesus?
So there's a lot that uh, the other churches could share about their youth groups and things, but I, I, I want to at least, because I know we've got many here who go to FBC, our youth ministries, both junior high and high school, meet on Wednesday, and we meet Sunday morning. Junior high meets our first hour on Sundays, and high school meets our second hour. Right now we're meeting at Mirada Valley High School, so we're on a, a, a high school campus. And uh, if you've never been, we're at the back of this giant patio, so we're up on the upper quad. If you're going to visit us this coming Sunday, which we would love, come there. Junior high, first hour, which is 8.30, and then our, our uh, high schoolers meet second hour, which is 10.30. And uh, maybe you can fill in the gaps if there's more to be said. Um, website addresses and things like that, but I'll let Terrell take care of that. It has been so good to be with you all, and I know I've kind of been in the background, which I, I love doing. I've had amazing conversations with so many of you. Thank you for embracing camp. So many of you have embraced this as an opportunity to grow and really worship Christ and be changed. Don't let it be lost. Get off this mountain and run. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the church that allows us a place to grow. Thank you for your word. 